I want only just to close your eyes where you are for a moment just so you can focus. If I were if I were speaking today, I would be shifting my message completely. I feel like God's speaking into the moment, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to share it now. But I feel like I'm supposed to share it on Wednesday night. Okay, so if you want a prophetic word from the Lord for our church, you need to be here on Wednesday night. Okay, seven o'clock. Prophetic word from the Lord for our church. But I feel like God is speaking into the moment for us is um, is the beauty of conviction. We sing the song. We talk about the Father's will. We talk about the Father's calling. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will be done. But I feel like God is speaking into the moment is the reality that all of our lives have nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Jesus. We don't sing songs for us. We sing songs for Jesus. We don't come to church for us. We come to church for Jesus. We don't live our lives for ourselves and our calling and our personal purpose. We live our lives for Jesus. That's what I want you to do just in this moment as as we're singing this. And my, my prayer is that God is just releasing what I call a beautiful gift of conviction that keeps us from going towards selfishness to life. And so just... I'm just going to pray over you in this, and, and I want you just to seek after your life of the things God's putting his fingers on. So, Jesus, we ask this morning in this moment, God, that there is a perfect, you, you talk about in Scripture, your perfect plan and your perfect will, that your kingdom would come on earth as it's already being spoken and willed in heaven. Which means, God, that as we live our lives that our lives and our body and in our community and our body, our church, Lord, that you have plans. You have your will that you're trying to accomplish, that you're wanting to accomplish, that you are accomplishing. God, I would just say put your finger on areas of our life that are maybe hindering us from fulfilling our calling in the body. The areas of our life, God, that, that you're putting your finger on, that need, to, need a transition, need a shifting, need a complete about face. Lord, I pray that you would do that. So in this moment, take time just to allow the Lord to speak to you at the areas of your life that he's putting his finger on that need an about face, that need a shift, that need a change. I'm going to belabor the point, but I just want you to spend time with the Lord and let him speak into those areas. As we've sung this song, then, Lord, may it be true in our hearts that we would cry out that your will be done, that we would be a people of your will, a people of your calling, a people of your purpose. Lord, have your way in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, as um, as Randall said earlier, this is Youth Sunday. We had a youth camp this past week, and this youth camp was a time where our youth went off for the entire week and basically just fell in love with Jesus, fell in love with one another, not in a holy way, right? Um, that they just had a great time together. So this morning they get to come, and they're going to 
Uh, I'm going to invite someone to come and share in a few minutes. And Timothy, with the time that's left, we're, he's, he's going to maybe speak for a few minutes because I'm sure there's a lot that you have to say. And, um, and so anyway, so it's going to be good. So do this this morning, if you would, before they come. If you could take your baskets and pass them back down for our offering this morning. This is simply, as always, an extension of our worship, right? This this what we're and what we're giving is simply an act of worship before the Lord. And if you're a first time guest, all we ask you to put into the basket is your connect card, just the record of you being here. If you fill out a, if you put on there your email address, I'll shoot you an email this week and just say thanks for being here. And um, so anyway, so with that, let's uh, jump in. We can invite everyone to come forward, and uh, I'll hand it over to to Timothy, and he can take over, and then our um, our youth will. Do their thing. So I'm going to, I'll just kill time. Well, amen. We're done. Is that right? Is that all they had to offer? I mean, I feel so out of the loop, man. Are you going to share about this dance? Yeah. Oh. Hey, welcome hey. to Vintage. <laughs> yeah, that, um, whoa, that's still really loud. So that dance is called the interlude, and sorry, I'm like really out of breath. That's like full on P90X insanity. Um, Cody Troxel came one day and was like, Y'all got, y'all, do y'all know about this, the interlude or whatever? And we're like, sure, Cody, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, we learned it, and it, everybody really liked it, and we took it to camp. And there were probably 350, 360 kids. And of all of them there, these are the only ones who knew the dance. 
by the end of it, the song would come on. I'm talking about people sprinting across the camp, full on, just like this, coming to be a part of it. Like, it was insane. So it, it was wild. So, we, I mean, we basically just started a movement. It was a phenomenon. It was incredible. But I mean, So if I talk to you about sharing testimonies, y'all can go ahead and come up. Yeah. You know, stuff happens when you interlude. Yeah, y'all can spread out over here. All right, so we're going to start down here. And uh, just remember what we talked about. Make sure you say your name. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start with Claire Dean. Well, I'm Claire Dean. You guys stand up so they can see your, your, your beautiful faces. Um, well, at sur- this is my third year at summer camp, I think. So I was there, and God really moved my life a lot. And I forgave a lot of people that I didn't know I was going to be able to forgive. And it was really amazing because Tuesday night I got saved again. And I didn't think I was going to be able to, but I did. Amen. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, after that, God just really put Africa on my heart, and I knew I was going to go to Africa and Kenya and all those places. So, yeah. Amen. No no big deal. Just saved and called to the mission field. No big deal. And now she's going to go back to the real mission field, the village. (laughs) Um, My name is Caitlin Barfield. Uh, This is my seventh year at camp, my last year uh, before I go off to college. (laughs) I know. But um, I wrote down my testimony because I get really nervous when I'm talking to people. So I'm going to read it, and I'm trying not to read it slow. Um, (laughs) Okay. I used to be really big on getting really worked up and excited during worship. I used to jump around all the time and feel like I had to wave my hands around and sing really loud. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because there isn't. There are many ways of worshiping the Father, and that's one of them. Sometimes I do get into it like that because sometimes there's really no other way to react to God's overwhelming love and presence. However, I've been in a season of my life lately where my worship has taken on a quieter, more still behavior. Instead of jumping about, I will be still and know that he is God. I will focus on the words I'm singing and what they mean for me and my relationship with the Father. I will quietly tell Jesus that he is king and I am not. So earlier in the week, we were singing the song, Like You Promised, by Amber Brooks. And one of the verses stood out to me. It said, You violently chased me down to embrace me. It got me thinking, and in the moment, God revealed something to me by way of an epiphany. It went a little something like this. Sometimes we think that God is a mighty lion stalking us, the vulnerable, impressionable sheep. We may find ourselves grazing in the wrong field, and then when we look over our shoulder and see him, the lion, violently, passionately running towards us, we instinctively think it's to kill, hurt, enslave, or imprison us. And we begin to run away from him without realizing it, making him chase us. Of course, being the lion, he catches up to us. He pounces to catch us. Most lions use their claws to dig into the shoulders of their prey and drag them down. But he simply wraps his arms around us and puts us down into an embrace with him that protects us. When we finally stop flailing and panicking, we realize his embrace is forgiving and loving. We realize we were running away and that we don't have to run anymore. We realize how unshakable and true blue his love is no matter what we do. Our works and actions don't affect his love because he has the true definition of love, which you can find in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. 
First Corinthians 13:4 shows us that love is patient, is not jealous, is slow to anger, and does not pigeonhole past wrongs and trespasses. It always trusts, always hopes, and always endures. It never ends. This is the kind of love the Father showed me that he has for me, that he has for us. And I think it's crucial for us, including myself, to understand. If God the Father can love me, us, despite everything we do wrong and do to him, then what right do we have not to give each other that kind of love and forgiveness? So I'm going to try to work on the way I love others, especially because that's one of the main ways the lost come to Christ, by seeing Christ's love. Amen. Um, my name is Andrew, and just sort of background my story. I've got I've been living with church and my parents like all my life, and just sort of heard everything, known everything. And this year at camp, it was a uh, Wednesday. I sort of another background thing. I take this medicine, and for some reason, when I don't take it, I get really really bad headaches. And so that night before worship, like, I went in. I had just this terrible headache because I forgot to take my medicine that day. And so I just the drums were killing my head. So I came back outside and was just sort of sitting there. And then Timothy came out a little while later. I don't really know why, but he came over and started talking to me and asking what's wrong and stuff like that. And so he asked if I could pray for me, and he did. And it was sort of crazy because right then and there, my headache just, like, went away and, like, this kind of headache where just you move a little bit and your head just like explodes. And so I go back inside and I just like right at the end of worship and like I tell some of the guys I was sitting around about it and just for some reason right then and there, God let the headache come back and I I don't know why, but it just like hit me and I didn't want to seem like I was just saying, oh, I got healed, but I didn't. So I just sort of uh, stuck through it. and But then Mark Fritchman came up, and he started talking um, about – he was sort of like a pre-message sort of thing because um, he was saying that his message wouldn't it, – it was only for those who had been saved. And he was sort of – I'd heard it all before, like what he was saying about how you really have to have a heart change and live your life for Christ. But something right there, it just – it clicked for me, and it just – I had this like deep conviction in my heart that that was me that needed to be saved. And he had an opportunity right then and there, just like in the middle of the service, to if you want to be saved. Um, and I was just like, that's me. I've got to do this. And that was like the first time in my life I've been saved. And that was just awesome and crazy. Um, and then I sort of like got one to – when I was – Yesterday, when I was working out what I was going to say today, God sort of showed me a few verses about um, what to take away from this. Because it's just a story about me getting saved. There's like, I mean, that's great and all, but it doesn't impact anybody else. It's just a story. And so I was reading in Romans 6, uh, 1 and 2. It says, "We what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And then skip down to 10. Uh, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life be, he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ, Jesus. And also Proverbs 16, 1 and 2. Um, to man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. 
all a man's way is seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And through that, he sort of showed me that he, he wanted me to say that this morning that you, it doesn't matter because the way I've been living, I was just doing stuff to do it. I had just been living by the works. I was a Christian to myself because I believed it all. It made sense to me. I thought through everything. I knew all the different doctrines and all that sort of thing. But it had never really been a heart decision for me. And I just felt like he wanted me to say that if, if you're living that way, you've got to make sure that it's a heart decision, that you go after it with everything you have in your heart and not just just believing it and going through the motions. What's up, Team World? Okay, I'm Taylor, and I went to summer camp. I'm in seventh grade. No, I'm not. I'm in eighth grade. Okay. Um, so this past, like, years of my life, I mean, life was good and everything. I loved God, and, I mean, he wasn't my everything where I laid down my life for him. But, yeah, so the first two days, I'm, like, in, you know, in worship, and I see people on the ground, and it was, like, it was crazy, just people's tears running down their face and snot, and it was, like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, this is crazy. And I'm, like, I pray to God, and I pray that I could be, like, those people where I love God with all my heart. And I felt like when I was praying to him, there was this barrier, like a wall. And it was like I was separated from him, you know. And it was like I don't know if it was anger or unforgiveness or bitterness. I don't know what it was. But, I mean, I prayed and nothing happened that day. So the next day I'm like in worship. I'm like this close to Harvest Bashta, soon to be Parker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like singing, you know, with my arms in the air. And I'm thinking to myself, in the middle while I'm singing, am I singing to the music or am I singing to God? And I felt to myself, I'm not singing to God. I'm singing along to the music. And so that moment when I noticed that, I just I started crying. I just fell to my feet. And I asked God to break that barrier for me. And whatever was separating me from him and his love, and he just poured into me. And I, he changed my life forever. I know it's going to be changed forever. I just know. And it was like, I don't know, it was crazy. And so, like, the next day, I'm just thinking, I don't want this camp to be like a holy high where I'm up there and I'm, like, loving God with everything, but I don't want to come back, take a step into reality and be like, okay, so I love God, but I come back, and he's gone, and he's out of my life. Like, that's what happened last year. You know, last year I was like, I love you and everything. Come back, and where's God? He's gone. It's like, I just know. I've been waking up in the middle of the night, and I just started praying. Like, yesterday, I just started praying in the middle of the bed, and I'm like, when was the last time I was willing to pray? And it's been a long time, I would say. And... You know, it was really cool. This camp was awesome. It's really awesome. And I love you guys. 
because y'all are so loving and made me feel so welcome at that camp, and I just loved it. And to anybody who's out there and you're in from seventh grade to college and you didn't go, I recommend that you go next year because it is awesome, guys. It's awesome. Okay, my name's Abby, for those of you that don't know, and this was my first year at summer camp. And it was really hard walking in there because most of the girls, I'm in 11th grade, and most of the girls there have been going since, like, they were little, so they all knew each other. And I didn't know anyone except for, like, Jody and, um, wait, where is she? I don't know. She's right there. <laughs> Jody and Aaron sit, and so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be by myself. And then um, it just really hit me because the second night it was, I think Mark was talking about unforgiveness, and he said that unforgiveness is such a big sin. And it really, it was a big deal because my birth mom was never really, she wasn't the mom she was supposed to be in my life, and I always held it against her. And it hurt me because it was a large burden on my heart, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to forgive her. She was never there for me. But when Mark said unforgiveness is a sin, I literally, I was one of those girls that Taylor was talking about. I walked up and I just fell to my knees and I was like, "Ah," and I was sobbing and I was like, help me, help me. And then um, Catherine was there and she was praying over me and I didn't, like, I was just so overwhelmed in the moment and God was like, just give me your burdens. I want them. I don't want you to have them anymore. Just leave them here. And so I left them and I got up and it was like, just this huge weight off my shoulders and I didn't feel upset anymore and I didn't, my heart didn't feel as heavy. It felt so light and I felt so loved because there were so many girls. Most of them aren't here, but they were there just praying for me and it was just, it was the best feeling in the world. (laughs) Hi, I'm Gracie. Um, at the beginning of this year and at like the very end of last year, I was just like involved with like the totally wrong people. And like, even if I didn't do wrong, I was just like accused of it. And it was just like, it was like, wow, there's her. She's friends with them doing that. I was like, no, I'm not even doing it. But you think I do? And I don't. And, um, so it was just like really bad. And like some things, like, even if it wasn't like the worst, it was just like, I couldn't even like let go of it. It was just like, I would look at pictures and be like, oh, this is before I did that. Or this is before I was with them. And it was just like. Like, I would look at everything as different. Like, I would compare it to others. And it was just so heavy on me. And it was, like, literally every person I talked to, I was like, ooh, I wonder if they, like, look at me as I was before I talked to them or if they look at me as I am now or, like, whatever. And um, it was just, like, I couldn't forgive myself. I couldn't look at myself the same. I just felt unpure. And originally I wasn't even going to summer camp. Like, I didn't even – well, actually, I thought about it one time and said I didn't want to go. And I was going to go to the beach. And – um, then, like, two days before registration, I was sitting at church, and I was like, I told Tiffany, I was like, I think I want to go to summer camp. Like, and then I told my mom, and I was like, can you just drop $300 and bring me to summer camp? And then she said, yeah, and it was really cool, and I was kind of like, I felt bad because I didn't want to let my family down, but I was like, so I was kind of like in the limbo of both things. And then when we got to summer camp, it was so cool because it was like the whole entire week was like basically like point on was about like, forgiving yourself and forgiving others for what they've done to you and what you've done to yourself. It's just like letting go of things and like no matter what, God looks at you like you're pure. So it was really cool because it was like, wow, I'm supposed to be here. Like this is what I was supposed to do. I wasn't even supposed to go to the beach. Whatever. Don't get tan. Who cares? And um, so it was really cool. And then Ashley Gillum, she prayed for me. Probably, oh, and Shelby. 
they prayed for me probably like every night, and I probably got a ton of snot on them, and it was disgusting. But they prayed for me a lot, and it was just really cool because it was like Ashley said this like one specific thing in a prayer, saying that she hopes I woke up the next morning feeling lighter. And it was like I woke up. It was like it was so hard because I woke up at six o'clock every morning. It was terrible, but it was awesome, kind of. And I just, like, woke up so much easier than I did the morning before, and, like, I got less sleep than the night before. So I was like, hmm, maybe I am lighter. Like, this is it's good. So, yeah, God took a lot of burdens off of me, and, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> hey. hey, I'm Jody. Jody. Um, <laughs> so I have the same thing, like, Forever, I like like the month of June. I didn't even know. Like I kept going back and forth. Like I'm gonna go hang out with family, but then I'm I kind of want to go to summer camp because you know I haven't seen friends in over a year that go there, and um, I just struggled back and forth because there were some family issues and that I didn't know what to do. And finally, like two weeks before, everything kind of fell into place where it was like summer camp, go. I was like, I'll be there, and so. Um, I ended up getting to summer camp, and the first night we had, like, the the obstacle course and everything. And, you know, it's the same thing every year, and I just felt kind of, like, off a little bit. I didn't know what it was. Like, I felt like everybody else was running around having fun, and I was kind of just there. And I didn't know what it was. And then the same thing the next day, and Monday happened, and we did worship, and we played games, and I just felt like, you know... I was just kind of standing in the room, but I wasn't, you know, being acknowledged or anything, and I didn't know what it was, and I felt kind of alone, and um, Tuesday, you know, we did worship, but I felt like I was just raising my hands, I was kind of going through the motions, and I felt like after, you know, I went back to my cabin after worship, and I felt like everything that I had, like, worshipped, I was just singing a song, and I felt like everything that I had prayed, I was just saying words, and I didn't know what it was that was, like, like putting that weight on my heart like I felt like every time I tried to like get closer something would like push me down like it was a physical thing like I seriously felt like somebody was putting like pushing their hand down like pushing me to the ground and I was kind of scared about it a little bit and so um I found um this amazing person her name's uh, Miss Dempsey and She's not here, though. I wish she was because she's awesome. And she sat there, and she was the only one who actually cared to listen to me, I felt like. And I told her, like, laid out everything that was going through my head and going through my heart. And she just told me, you know what? I love you, but sign up for Sozo. And I was like, all right. So I signed up for it, and I was only on a waiting list. And so I was like, I didn't know what it was exactly, and everybody's like, you know, sign up for Sozo, and I thought, oh, yay, go pray more, and for me, you know, saying, like, I was praying, but I was just saying words, and I felt like I'm just going to go sit in a room and say a bunch of words, and nothing's going to happen anyways, but um, I got there, and uh, amazingly, they fit me in. It was like a 20-person waiting list, and I ended up getting fit in, which obviously that meant something, and I showed up, and... I just, again, poured out everything to, um, I can't remember who, what her name was, but she was just the sweetest person ever. And, you know, I told her some things, and she would stop me before I can finish, and she's like, this is what we need to fix right here. And I realized that instead of me having, like, this overall problem, it's all these little things that cause, like, an overall, you know, like, pressure on my heart, and it was blocking me. And so um, I prayed 
to God, like, because I felt like everybody in my life, you know, she's like, you know, I need you to close your eyes and just have a moment. And I was like, a moment? You know, I'm just going to sit here and close my eyes while I act like something's going to happen. And But I closed my eyes, and I started seeing these faces of people that have gone in and out of my life. And as I watched them, I tried to reach out to them, and they just turned around, and they pulled away from me, and they just started walking away. And I'm sitting there calling out to them. I'm calling out, and they're just, they don't, they're not listening, and they're running away, and I didn't know what to do, and she goes, don't, no, don't stop, she, she told me, she's like, call out for God, say, where are you, God, in this situation, she goes, call out to him, so I did, out loud, and when I did, I looked around, and immediately, I felt his hand on my shoulder, and as I looked over, he's standing by my side, as these people are walking away from me in my life, and I, I knew that I would be okay because he's always next to me. Even though anybody else is walking away from me, he's right there. Uh, I'm Chase. It's my third year at summer camp. And uh, the Friday before summer camp, we had worship in here. And Timothy spoke kind of on the prodigal son real briefly, just read it over us. And I kind of felt like I'd been the, the younger son lately, just didn't really care about God, just wasn't just doing my own thing, really. Um, and it's weird because I always felt like the, almost the older one. But uh, And then, so I get to summer camp, and God just started moving the first day, but then uh, maybe the third day or so, it was people were receiving the Holy Spirit, and I, I didn't go up because I've kind of done that before, that thing. And So I'm sitting back, I'm just praying, I'm feeling God, and then I go up and I get prayer, and it's uh, me and Mason Tanner. We're just we're going after it, and um, God really He was just reconfirming things that's already been prophesied over my life that I haven't even thought about in years, and it was it was one of the most powerful things I've ever felt, and and then um, and it was just in everything that He reprophesied, He just put depth to it, and it was it was literally amazing just to see that, and then also I'm just I'm just hungrier right now, more stirred than I've ever been, and and then as I was walking up to my cabin after me and Mason had prayed and. Uh, there was just some random counselor, um, and I'm walking up, and he just asked me how I was doing, and I'm just, I'm like shaking in the spirit. I'm so, just, so I was messed up, really, and and then, uh, and then, <laughs> and then, um, so he just, he's like, hey, how you doing, you know? And I'm just like, I'm great, man. And then he's like, I'm just telling him what's going on already. I don't, even, I don't know who this dude is, and and he's just like, yeah, the same thing happened to me. I was, I went on two days straight. I'm just, I didn't sleep or anything. God had just moved in my life so strong. And uh, the first, he said the first person he called to tell about like how God just changed him. He said, be prepared, it's going to end. And he just straight told him, no, it's not. And just like hung up the phone on him. And that's what he was just proclaiming over me that it's not going to end. And it hasn't end. I've continually just felt the spirit last like four or five days. It's just like I've all, I've just felt it everywhere I go. Anything I'm doing, I, I can just, I'm just sitting there and just be like. God, you're here, and, and he's good. And then also on that, he just, God poured out so much revelation of his goodness on me. It was just, it was ridiculous. I didn't even know how good he was, um, and now I do. And it's just, I'm continuing just getting deeper revelation on that, and it's just great. And uh, I don't know, I just felt more freedom than I ever felt. And I just have no desire to go back to what I was doing, and I just have only a desire just to really just pursue him in the spirit as much as I can. Um, hi, I'm Emily. I'm in eighth grade. Um, okay, so this past year, I've kind of 
really strayed from my faith, and I haven't really been living like Christ. And so one night at summer camp, I just started praying, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry that I haven't been living with you, and just please come back to me and let me live with you again. And I really just heard him say, like, actually in my ear, I've never left you, and even if you haven't felt me, I've always been walking with you. And um, that really, I started weeping. And I just want to let you know that no matter how much you push him away, he will never leave you. And he's always by your side. Okay. So that's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to wrap up right now. Uh, I think that's, that's good. But I, I just want to remind us of two things. Um, one was the verse that I, I shared with him that I was really believing for for this camp was Psalm 27, 13. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that's the goodness of the Lord. Like, I don't know if you've heard those stories, but... But people being, being saved and healed, people being delivered from oppression, people having the affections of God actually declared to their heart, that, that doesn't just happen. Uh, so I want to I tell you that the goodness of the Lord is evident in the students at Vintage. He's, he's moving. Uh, these students, I don't know how up you are with sort of junior high and senior high culture, but being really inclusive is not the end thing. Really, it's about how much you can exclude people to exalt yourself or exalt a, your group or whatever. And I struggled. I really struggled to find less than 10 of our students hanging out at a time. I str- it, was, it was an odd two hours if I didn't have somebody come up to me and talk to me about what God is doing in, in these over here. And I'm talking the, the miraculous things they, they, they said. And I'm talking the things of they're just different. God is doing something in them. So we, we, have, we have seen, you have heard of and actually seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm telling you, Ed and Sheila Fortier know about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm telling you, I know two of my siblings are up here. I know about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And with it, I would say that, that one of Paul's prayers said, I, I pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to enlighten the eyes of your heart and the knowledge of him. So I want to encourage you with, with that, expect this. I, I think expectation is a very hard thing to keep up. It's a hard thing to, to maintain. Um, hopes don't get met, people hurt you, things just don't pan out, and expectation just becomes a little wish. You're sick, oh, I hope God heals you. Your family's falling apart, oh, I hope God fixes that. Your child has, has left the church, never, obviously, seemingly never to return, oh, I hope God does something. You're locked into a cycle of habitual sin that you can't get, I hope God does something. So what Paul is praying and what I I really think is crucial for us, especially in this time, is to expect. 
not hope for, not wish for, not kind of halfway pray for, but eagerly anticipate breakthrough from God in our lives in a real way, in a way that that it's not just them after summer camp, it's us after Wednesday. You know what I mean? So that when we come in here, it's not, I hope they sing songs I like, or I hope Steve preaches a sermon that, that kind of connects with me. It is, I'm expecting to meet with the living God. Because, because when, that, when that flounders, when that fades away, this, this is just a building. And we don't have truth, we have principles. And we don't have God's presence, we have programs. And the gospel becomes a lot less of an earth-shattering message than an argument to try to win people into. And, and I don't know if you've heard this, but God is wrecking that in their lives. They're not going to have the ability to not encounter God and, and be able to continue. They will faint if they don't believe they'll see his goodness. And more than them, I'm telling people who are over summer camp age, you will faint if you don't believe that you'll see his goodness. For your family, in your job, in your sphere of influence, whatever it is, you will, you are, you will falter, you will begin to put your hope in other things. Some of you already hear that and you go, I'm, I'm there, I'm in that cycle. I have no hope for my spouse I have no hope for my children. I have no hope for this coworker, for this cousin, for that relative, for this, this group of people. And if we've, heard, if we've heard anything, if there's any takeaway from this, it's that we can eagerly, hopefully, and always anticipate God's goodness in our midst. Amen? Okay. Steve, you want to?